Welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Derek Yopi from Blackout Games. His first title, Blackout, a detective board game about being blackout drunk, takes you on a wild ride of trying to figure out just what exactly happened last night. Derek, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? Hey, James. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing just fine. And Andy, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It is awesome to have you on the podcast. We actually met uh, just recently at uh, Fan Expo here in Toronto, we which did. is kind of we like did. our version of Comic-Con, right? Yeah, thank you for coming by our booth. It was our first time at Fan Expo. And like you said, this is my first time publishing a board game. And I'm uh, super excited to be on the binge. That's great. And how'd the show go for you? Did you guys have a lot of fun? Was it a busy weekend for you or? Yeah, uh, I think that I've read, I did a lot of preparation online for the show, preparing that, you know, this is your first board game. It's probably not going to go so well on Kickstarter. It's a very competitive category. Yeah. Um, but we were lucky enough to be 100% funded on our second day at the show before even the busiest day on the Saturday. And leaving the expo, we were about 150% funded on Kickstarter. So pretty ecstatic with the opportunities that came out of the show and everybody that I met there. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty smart too, right? Because the traffic in that show is insane. Uh, the area you were in, I remember walking through there. There's certain aisles I could, I you couldn't even move, right? Like it was just rammed with people. So I'm sure just having the foot traffic alone. And being able to, you know, do the pitch, right? Do the elevator pitch, like one-on-one with people. Uh, man, that's uh, what a great way to kind of approach your uh, your Kickstarter first, uh, especially your first Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride. I mean, I'm very <laughs> grateful for the support of a lot of the fans that I met at Fan Expo, a lot of the friends that I've been developing and playtesting the game with for the better part of a year. Um, it's been an ongoing project since January of this year. That's amazing. Now, I was reading your bio that your your background is in like sun was in like the sun care industry or something like that. Like you were a big executive about a sun care company. What was that all about? Yeah, so I have a degree in engineering, similar to Ryan, who you had on from Trailblazer. I come from the same background, actually, uh, of nice. materials engineering and chemistry. Uh, I'm not sure if there's like a reason why all of us chemists want to create board games. Uh, maybe the <laughs> the quacks of Quedlinburg guys are also chemists. They probably are. Um, but I came from a degree in engineering. And in 2014, some of my friends and I stumbled upon a piece of research around color changing inks. And we said, mm. what can we use this for? And we said, hey, like, I wonder if we can make a sticker that changes color when you need to reapply sunscreen. And after applying to a few pitch competitions and a few awards, it was very clear that this is a product that people wanted. Um, in our first year of being an active company, we had over a billion and a half impressions online and globally, and we're on TV smokes. in every single country in the world. So uh, for seven years after I graduated university, I ran a company called SunCare that made stickers that change color when you need to reapply sunscreen. That's all. And you guys actually applied for a patent on that, I think, as well, didn't you? Correct. Yeah. So mm -hmm. in the first few years, we were doing a lot of the lab and engineering work. Uh, I moved to Australia uh, for two years to do clinical trials. So yeah. I became a clinical trial operator. And then I moved after the clinical trial. It was worth patenting. So we filed our patents and I moved to the United States and I lived in San Diego for two years as we ramped up our sales and got the product into places like CVS and Walmart, uh, 40 other retail chains in nine countries 
and our company was acquired in 2020. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the COVID pandemic was certainly a wild ride in the, in the sun care industry. Oh, yeah. It was great, probably great for the board gaming industry because everyone's got to sit home and play. But when we were, you know, my first company was about all about going outside, you know. Now, did and, you guys get out of the sun? Was that an acquisition just before COVID hit or were you after COVID hit is when you got acquired? It was after the first summer of COVID. Okay. With our customers, we were looking at how we can basically consolidate power because the whole entire outdoor industry was uh, was suffering. Everyone told us to stay indoors, you know, yeah. travel. And one of our customers, Digit, made us an offer to acquire. And we saw it as a great way to consolidate our power and take two small brands and build them into one bigger, stronger brand. That's crazy. And since then, the product has been doing really well. On TikTok, it's gone viral a number of times this year and our, our following has quadrupled in 2022. And like, so I, should, I can't say R, I guess. The the invention that I made, sold, and no longer <laughs> work for uh, has been quadrupling. But it's a, it's a really great uh, thing to see. I think as uh, anyone who creates a product, you want a lot of people to use it because that's how you know that you're making people's lives better. Yeah, and it's a cool feeling too. I mean, this is a great parallel to the board game industry, right? Is to see people playing something you've created is just such a cool feeling, right? So I can see some parallel. What have you been doing for the past like two years? So that was two years ago. So have you just, I guess, taken kind of a pause or or focus 100% on the board game industry or kind of what's been the path? Yeah, so since then, I actually go on to support entrepreneurs. I work for a company called Entrepreneur First where we pay people to quit their jobs so they can start their own companies. So I've been watching a number of people start their own businesses over the last year. Like they are mostly tech startups. Wow. Uh, uh, in the software, hardware, biotech space. And as an investor, I cut $125,000 checks into their companies. And over COVID, I think, like, you know, as COVID was winding up in, I would say the... It was around Christmas of 2021, right? When we all were supposed to, we all thought that we could have Christmas with our families and then we're told, hey, this is probably not a safe thing yeah. to do. Uh, that's when I had all this free time and all this vacation booked off. And I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take some of my passion for board gaming and actually make a board game. That's so this crazy. has been something that I do on the side in my spare time after work on weekends uh, for the last nine months. And where did the idea for blackout uh, come from? And uh, let me just preface this with you have blackout spelled uh, black and then O-O-T. So I was kind of playing off the Canadian accent of, you know, classically people saying the oot and a boot, right? Of out and about. Um, I'm sure that just sounded exactly the same to people who are listening. But, you know, as a Canadian, you got that kind of blackout. So as blackout is how I guess they pronounce it or, or from my perspective, because I have the Canadian accent is blackout. Um, but where did this whole idea of the, uh, the game come from? Um, the idea of the game came from playing a lot of Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. I'm not sure, James, if you've had the time to play that game before. No. So... Sherlock Holmes Consultant Detective is a mystery game where after reading some text in a paragraph, you play as an assistant to Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Uh, Dr. Watson. And you walk around London in like the late 1890s solving murder mysteries. And it was a game that I played with my partner's family. And what I really loved about that game is that even over COVID, when we had to play on Zoom, it was a game that worked just as well 
over video call as it did in person. Yeah. Because there, you know, there were no components. It was all story driven. And eventually we just ran out of mysteries. Um, and I was like, well, I wish there were more games that were that were out there that were like this. Why don't I come make my own? So Blockout or Blockout is my love letter <laughs> to the mystery gaming genre. Primarily Sherlock Holmes' Assault and Detective, but it also takes an inspiration from other mystery games like Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney being a video game, as well as classic tabletop gaming like D&D, which I also got heavily into over the pandemic, like I think a lot of people did. Yeah. And, uh, and, and escape rooms, where over the pandemic, friends of mine bought at a board game cafe and turns it into an escape room board game cafe. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, it takes all these things that I love doing already and puts it together in one place. Whereabouts in Canada are you based at? Are you like in the Toronto area or? Yeah, downtown Toronto. Oh, wow. uh, behind me, although people can't see it, is the CN Tower. But oh, yes, sweet. I am downtown Toronto. And I think that the life in Canada inspired a lot of the Canadian themes in Blackouts. <laughs> I <And> think so. <laughs> For anyone who gets a copy of the game and takes a close look at the map, it's actually a reimagined version of the city of Waterloo, Ontario, which is where I went to college. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And the one uh, piece that, that merges in there as well is, is the hangover. I think that's kind of uh, an obvious one as well, right? This whole idea of kind of waking up and wondering, okay, what what happened? I have no memory. What happened last night, right? And trying to kind of piece that together. Is that some of the inspiration there as well or? So I don't condone getting blackout drunk. I don't condone binge drinking, but it is a really funny premise. Like it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the movie is a lot of fun. And when I was thinking of mystery games, I think one thing that got maybe repetitive or boring after you've played all 40 Sherlock Holmes mysteries that are out there is, you know, it's consistently about murders mm -hmm. and I think most crime games play in this genre of solving a crime or solving a murder of some kind or figuring out who the bad guy is. Yeah. Um, getting blackout drunk, although very not good for yourself, is it's like a temporary amnesia where you actually don't know what happened. And it kind of paves the way for uh, a lot more variety in, in otherwise a genre that is verily what I would call stale with the, the main premise for mysteries being murders and crimes. So like the crimes and blackout are, you know, basically crimes against your own reputation. They're uh, just goofy, silly things that, you know, we all have done or all wish we never remembered doing that you get to relive at least this time where you're not the butt of the joke. Makes sense. One of the things I thought was really cool about this game, and I'm going to show it on the screen here in a second, um, is that you're taking this idea of, having uh i mean you can do it in a digital format as well but for lack of a better word like a board or like a print and play um you know map and then you're you're using your phone as a way of um doing kind of the investigation as with your phone right and what i thought was really kind of clever and correct me if i'm wrong as i'm going through any of this but this is just my interpretation mm -hmm. from what i've read up on this is that your phone uh the the player basically downloads i guess the app or whatever the you know, the, the web uh, thing is on their phone and then that will mimic the character's phone in the game. And you're then going through that character's phone, their social network, their, uh, you know, like it's not Tinder, but like Tinder, like profile, things like that to try to piece together these different things. Is that, is that a fair description? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Blackout is super cool. Has two. It's a game with two components, right? At the board, simply enough, it is a board. It's a map of the town, and the other component is all on your phone. And I think hybrid games or games that are on your phone or mobile games in the realm of board gaming is a hot topic. It's a contentious issue, but it plays really thematically into the game where, you know, we're, we're dealing with a modern mystery setting. And I think after you've gotten blackout drunk, the first thing everybody wants to do is check out their phone. So <laughs> I went and I built a, a web app that you can play. It plays in a browser. So it's not an app that you would find on the right. iOS or Android app store. It's just a link from our website, blackout.com. And you get to load up in the browser, the phone of this character in the story. And there's 15 different apps that you can play through on their phone, everything from their texts and their emails and their calendar and their bank account to their more of the fun social media content, like their Facebook, their photos, their Tinder, and their other gossiping apps. Um, so it's a fun way to use some of the, maybe the more modern detective skills that we've all learned in the 20th century, now that we have all this access to the internet and social media and actually applying those skills. And one of the things that I think like, you must experience as an avid board game lover, and, and I do as well, is I am always hesitant to teach people new games mm. when the rules take forever to learn. Like I have War of the Ring. That's probably my favorite board game of all time. Yeah, That is a 50-page novel of errata and uh weird rules and when you have the two people that i play it with it's my favorite game but it takes forever to teach when a game like blackout we all know how to use our phones to text and send emails and scroll scroll through facebook these are all skills we already know how to do so the tutorial to get through the game is actually only about five minutes oh, and awesome. i find that when i do play testing events at board game cafes that people are active and already playing and they get it in the first few minutes and i think that's really important yeah, the older I get, I find the the, the less patience I have uh, for long um, instructions on how to play a game. Like for me, I'm like five, 10 minutes max. And then I, I, I grow incredibly impatient, incredibly fast. And I don't know if that's just a function of getting older or in today's uh, environment where we're so used to getting things in microseconds that, you know, actually sitting down for like longer than 10 minutes to try to figure out how to play a game um is 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 daunting i i don't know what what the answer is yeah but i know I'm personally not sure. yeah most games that we even create uh, with tin robot games is you know that's one of our tenants is that the game has to be taught in five minutes or less and if you can't teach the game in five minutes or less we don't want it in, in our portfolio because our games are designed for game nights going out to cafes hanging out with friends, bringing new people into the genre and trying to, you know, get, uh, you know, almost like gateway games into the, into the industry well, was very tough to do. If you're spending an hour explaining a game and then two hours to play, you know, you're getting the hardcore gamers at, at, at that point. Right. So, you know, it's cool and refreshing to hear that you've kind of gone that angle and said, you know, Hey, let's make this something that's uh, that's very quick to explain. And then using things that are intuitive to people in terms of the mechanics. I think that's very clever. Yeah, thank you. Um, ultimately, like I wanted to create games that people would just have fun playing. Uh, mm -hmm. Although, like I would say, like my fun games, like that I I personally do mystery games when I play with friends mm -hmm. or with a competitive board game group. I'm all about those Euro point counters, aggressive uh, systems where that where they are three hour games. Yeah, but I think like as a board gamer, you want games you can play with. You want different games for different groups of people. Absolutely. And I wanted to create a game that I could play with my friends. Who are maybe not big into board games, 
but they'll do it. They'll have fun. Um, like their attention spans are less. And I wanted to create a game they could play too. What's so. the play time for this? So from start to finish, uh, what, how long does it take to, to play uh, this first um, mystery? Yeah, so I think it depends on how many people you're playing with. Because like, like with all mystery games, uh, there is a decent amount of narrative to go through. And more people, more eyes, more memory, more notes. Um, up to a certain point. Um, it's like, imagine like going to an escape room where you bring 15 friends. It's just going to be chaos. Yeah. I recommend four players for Blackout. And when you play with four players, the mystery will probably take you between two and two and a half hours. Gotcha. Uh, so it's kind of like you're a full board game night. Yeah. And the game can be played solo. And I have had people play it and complete it solo. And that will probably take you more like three hours to to get through. But think... what, what's uh, nice about a solo play, sorry, I'll say one more thing. That's okay. Is yeah. that the, the experience isn't really any different than playing with friends besides like less people to laugh along with. Because mm. when you add more friends, all you do is you just divide and conquer the various apps on the phone. So you each are spending less time reading and more time collaborating. So as a solo player, you will also be able to just, you'll just read all the apps yourself and you'll be able to experience every part about Blackout. Because uh, it's unfortunate that our, our mysteries aren't replayable, right? It's a crafted yeah. experience. They're just like other mystery games. Once you know how to solve the mystery, you kind of have to wait so you forget it, or you get you get blackout drunk while playing the game, then you then you'll forget it the morning of, and then there's infinite replayability, right? Um, and then what's and then what's kind of the winning condition? So is it are you trying to like like what is the solve you're trying to figure out? Is it trying to figure out like a sequence of events you're piecing together, and once those are complete, then you've you've basically solved the the game, or what is kind of that the end winning kind of trigger? Yeah, that's a great question. I. Sorry, as you go through the game, you're going to be yeah. unlocking your memories of what happened last mm. night. The goal of the game is to piece together the timeline of events, which is basically recovering all of your drunken memories. Okay. There are three endings to Blackout. Oh, cool. So uh, one ending is called the bad ending. So the yeah. bad ending happens if you spend too long to solve the mystery. And by too long, I mean uh, there is a visit counter. How many people that you go and interact with in town? Um, mm. You can meet up with your friends. You can go to various places that you think you might have been when you were blackout drunk. And going there will always reveal, doesn't matter where you go. I think that's that's different to other games. So it doesn't matter where you go. You'll always get some sort of paragraph mm. that tells you what happened when you went there. And if you go to too many places, the hangover gets the best of you. You collapse and you get the bad ending. Um, of which then you can just like reset the game and keep going, but you do get the, a bad ending there. Uh, you get a... Normal ending, you know, the base ending, if you find all the key spots that you were. So in the game, you get various objectives in addition to piecing together the timeline of events. Like in the first mystery, for example, you wake up and you're handcuffed to a steel briefcase. There's a retainer in your bed and there's $3.50 in your pocket. And you've got to figure out how these all things tie together. That's and cool. if you solve the basic set of requirements from the objectives, you get the base ending. And then there's a true ending. You know, if you solve all the mysteries, you figure out every single place you stopped at along the way, yeah. including some bonus objectives that you will unlock as you play through certain parts of the mystery. Like not everything you know when you wake up about what happened. So, you know, there is like maybe some limited replayability. If you play with one group of friends and you don't get the, the true ending, you can play it a second time and try and solve all the clues you didn't get the first time. And then, so when you have multiple players, are are they playing different characters, or you're all playing the same character? How does that work with the multiple players? 
it's going to depend on what mysteries we have. Like in the base game, you're all playing as the same character. But in future expansions of Blockout, which is what our Kickstarter is for, mm. you will start to see that you're going to have an example where you're two players working together, where each of you has a different phone and you each are a different person. And we'll see how those dynamics play out as well. That's where, cool. Yeah, so you and a friend got Blockout drunk and you both have to work together to figure out what happened. And then... You know, I want to make sure this is clear for people that are, you know, and we're going to put a link in the show notes, right? So anybody who wants to check out this page, um, I encourage them to do so. It, it's a very cool concept. Um, and I'll also put a link in in the, uh, the the Facebook group that we have, Board Game Binge Podcast Facebook group. Um, but when people are backing this game, um, and I think it's important what you just said, you're giving, like, people can play this game now, right? So they can play the base game now is my understanding. And then, Correct. If, and what this pledge is doing is a it's supporting you, right? So it's continue helping and continue the development of this game, but it's also then give them access to the expansions. Is that, is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. So the base mystery for blockout is free and will always be free. Mm. And it's a way to experience the game and the writing and see if you like my game. Uh, it's a, you can print and play or do a digital play at home today. And our Kickstarter is for the expansion pack, which is going to add two new mysteries this fall. Um, as we develop the game further, you will see that we're going to be releasing basically just more mysteries on top of the same board game map. As we are now in like the 150% plus funded territory, the next thing that we're going to announce is a stretch goal for like physical editions or retail editions that you can keep on your board game shelf. That's cool. How does the engine of this work? So is it, like so for the expansions will they then be continuations of the same story or is it built off the same platform or Ooh, can you talk a little a bit about that's a good question yeah that's a good question because i can it, it part of the answer to that question spoils the ending of the first <laughs> mystery okay you know, do you keep playing as the same character are there new characters uh i can oh i can honestly say the only way to play is to find out that's cool. And getting set up, how quickly? Because I, I saw the links on your page where people can go and they can literally, and again, I encourage people to check this out. You can literally start playing this game right now, right? So even before you, if you want to try it before you you back it, you you can try it right now. So, but how long does that setup take when people first, um, you know, click on the link and from that point to when they're actually into the game, how long does that take? So it's still like the five minutes or... Yeah, if you if you actually go to our website, blockout.com or our YouTube channel, Blockout Games Inc., you can see a six-minute tutorial where not only do I get the whole game set up for digital play, but also uh, I'm also playing through some of the first parts of the game. Mm. So you can see how quickly it is and how easy it is to jump into Blockout. That's awesome. What's one something you've learned? Like, so you've come from a very successful career, right? So, I mean, you guys really slammed it out of the park on in the sun care industry. Um, now, coming into the board game industry, was there any key learnings that uh, that you had coming in that kind of surprised you at all? Or I know, think when you... like when I was starting my company, we were building stickers that tell you when to reapply sunscreen. Right? This isn't a product that you search for. There's no product that's out there that's mm. like it, and like our when it comes to marketing and getting people to try your product out, it's a lot of explaining what you do because and why people should search should search for it. 
And coming into the board game space, it's the complete opposite. There are 125,000 board games on Board Game Geek <laughs> right now. Yeah. You know, instead of having a product that was unique of its kind, I am one of 125,000. Yeah. So I think as I'm, I'm not sure, I can't say I've learned concretely much yet, but one of the first challenges that I am facing is being able to stand out among a bunch of games that are pretty great, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, there are some pretty great games out there. Um, there are also some pretty mediocre ones. Yep. But uh, it's learning how to stand out in a crowded field as opposed to stand alone in a field and get people to come hang out with me. It's certainly a great time to be in the industry, for sure. Uh, I mean, there, there's so much variety out there. And I, I always look forward to game night. We we do this in a in new market, essentially, which you know about because you're close. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's always somebody bringing a new game or a new Kickstarter that they just backed. And amongst the group, uh, every single week, we get to try something new, which is just awesome, especially as a publisher, right? Because they're... You don't know what you don't know. And, you know, the if you want to get good at creating games, you got to play a lot of games, right? And you got to play a lot of variety. And and then you'll start seeing some things that kind of, you know, transition across, to, you know, transcend across different types of games. And you can think of different mechanics you can try to combine and, and maybe retheme it with an idea you have. And, it, you know, it's definitely so exciting. Um, where, you know, where are you going from here? So you you said you got two expansions. But as a board game company, and I always like to ask this of my guests who have something that's very specific like this is, is your long-term plan to, to stay in this lane or are you guys going to widen that into other potential game genres and so forth and mechanics? That's a great question. With Blockout, I want to continue to expand the lore of Icy Basin, which is the first town that the mystery is set in. And if you actually go into the game, you'll see there is like a deep lore uh, about the town. It's not just mm -hmm. like a like a a gray bland landscape that you'll be popping into. I want to try and set other games inside of Icy Basin that aren't Blackout, that are mm -hmm. related to the IP in this town. And after you know, let's say some time passes, we've released ten mysteries, and everyone's sick and tired of replaying the game in Blackout. I'm going to be probably changing the, the premise of the game, but keeping the core mechanics the same, where it's a detective game through mm. your phone and a map. And changing the scenario. I think like right now, my first instinct is to go to around early medieval England, around the time when Stonehenge was built by the aliens who set it as their interplanetary <laughs> space uh, marker. And they gave phones to all of the high royalty to play. And it basically just plays out like Bridgerton um that's where i want to see like the blackout series go and as far as like maybe my next completely different game uh it's going to be modeled off of a social game that i played in college called uh yeehaw i'm not sure if you've ever heard of the of yeehaw I've james never heard of yeehaw and i went to guelph which wasn't too far from uh from waterloo so yeehaw is a game where you're not allowed to know the rules but there are rules and ah uh, yes I play you stand this, but... in a circle and you yeah. yell yeehaw and then someone else, if they don't know what they're doing, yeah. you know, yell drink or, you know, you lose or you suck yeah, at yeah. them. And as you play the game, you learn the rules. And I think like that premise of like, like I said, trying to narrow down, like how fast can I get someone onboarded into a game that actually has lots of replayability and a deep lore to it? Like with Blackout, 
you know, you're getting two hour board game nights with five minutes of real time. I yeah. want to see if I can get it down to zero minutes. Hmm. I want to see if I can get it down to as long as some, where someone knows the rules, there is no setup. There is no game. There is no, uh, there's no setup. There's no rules learning. You just get straight into playing. And I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but my goal is to get real, like you said, a tin robot really fast onboarding. I have a similar aspiration on my end. Oh, that sounds awesome. Derek, uh, you know, for people that want to try out, the, again, I'm going to encourage people to try out this game, uh, is Blackout. So again, this is me with my Canadian accent. So that's black and then OOT.com. Uh, I'm also going to put a link in the show notes so people can find it easily. Check out the Kickstarter campaign. If it's a, if it's a concept that you find interesting and you want to help support these guys and get the next iterations of this coming out in, you know, the phase two and three and four, uh, I encourage people to back the game. I wish you all the best eh, in this uh, this coming year, and uh, maybe we'll get you back on the podcast for the next iteration. Cheers, eh? Thanks so much, James. <laughs> all right, buddy. You take care, man. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you'd like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Oh,